Welcome to the Young IPA Podcast. I'm James. This is Pete. G'day, everyone. It is episode 147. It is the 27th of February. Uh, happy leap year to everyone. I don't know why I brought that up, but I did, and we're just no. going to own it. All right. Uh, we got a loaded show for you guys coming up this week. We are talking to the IPA's Director of Communications, Evan Mulholland. Yeah. Huge week for him. He was trending around Australia on Twitter. We have this awesome new poll that just came out that we want to talk to him about on Australians' attitudes towards the ABC. Not good. A few other things as... No, not... The poll is not good. Mm. No, the poll is good, showing that Australians have a not good view, mm. and the segment is very good. Yeah. So just to make sure we contextualise what Peter just said That's there. what I meant by that. He's right. That's what the contextualisation was. Uh, we also have on the show have the latest of the Bloomberg campaign and their comedy writers. Uh, Bins, big discussion point, mm. especially with Evan and net zero emissions. Pete, anything you're looking forward to at the start of the show? Well, I think the highlight of the show for me was you saying happy leap year to everyone. So I think we've already peaked. All right, well. And it's only down here from so here. So that's it for us next week. Go and uh, do your washing. Go mow your lawn. No, just kidding. Looking forward to Donald Trump expressing his love for something that I also love. All right, there we go. So uh, leave it like that. All right, so uh, Pete, let's talk about the big issue, which is the fact that Bernie Sanders is basically like it's his race to lose from this point. Exactly right. Bernie Sanders is right in the lead of the Democrat uh, nominee for the president. Um, so he continues to gain support. He's got 43 delegates. The closest to him is Buttigieg on 26. Now, obviously, there's heaps more to go. He's ahead in the polls as well. Super Tuesday is next Tuesday. Now, what Super Tuesday is, is when a whole lot of these things happen on the same day. In fact, a third of the pledged delegates happen on Super Tuesday, next Tuesday. Um, so far, we've had barely any, but what we have now is kind of an indication of what's happened. Now, yeah, so it's like it's about momentum at this point, and then yeah. Super Tuesday is like, oh, actually, can you win this? It's like the first half an hour of election counting. Yeah. And you're ahead, and but no one really knows what it means. Now it stays like this after stupid, stupid, stupid Tuesday. <laughs> wow, it's been oh, pretty stupid. You just got owned. <laughs> you think you're a super Tuesday? Well, yeah. Peter's got a nickname for you. Yeah, you. You've Is been that told. what you and Trump love? The thing you tease at the start of the show that you and Trump have a love for giving people silly nicknames? Maybe, maybe. I reckon he should start calling it that. That would work, to yeah. be honest. Um, anyway, if he's in, if he's in front at the end of Super Tuesday, then he's pretty much got it. Yeah, because I was like kind of hoping for, just because I'm a nerd, a contested convention because that would be delicious mm. on Twitter and on cable news network and we were definitely going to have people say this person is going to be the candidate, then they're not the candidate, then they melt down. It would have been awesome. Hasn't happened for like, what, 60 years or something like that. So I'm sad that we miss out on that. Well, I mean, there's still a lot. To, we haven't had Stupid Tuesday yet. We haven't Jay, had so Stupid Tuesday yet. Anything so the, the hope of a contested convention, which if people don't know, is like where they get to the candidate stage and they don't. no one has enough delegates to win, so they all have to get there together and in backroom deals figure out who's going to be their candidate yeah. for the election. Oh, backroom deals. The Did, Clintons decide. <laughs> well, they're in a back room. <laughs> yeah. Usual. Yeah, everyone must uh, bend the knee to the uh, throne and they will decide who gets to be the nominee. Yep. Uh, now, so... A few other things that we'll talk about with Sanders being the leader, because like I guess everyone kind of knows who he is by this point and has made up their mind on him, whether they like him or not. But stuff that has come out this week or stuff that has been reiterated this week, mm. uh, I mean, we started off, a lot of it came out of a 60 Minutes interview with Anderson Cooper, and we had their the debate today, uh, sorry, we had the debate yesterday with all the Democratic nominees and everyone's going out Sanders right now, especially over these comments. Mm. Uh, so we've got him on the uh, Fidel Castro. The society, we're very opposed to the authoritarian nature of Cuba. But you know, you got, it's unfair to simply say everything is bad. You know, when Fidel Castro came into office, you know what he did? 
He had a massive literacy program. So that's and fine. up homosexuals. That's fine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, you know, the good with the bad, I yeah, guess, yeah. would be his point. Uh, and then he was promised, like, he was pressed on the fact that the stuff about his Medicare plan was going to cost about like $30 trillion, which is three times the amount of the American economy, not just the federal government, but the economy. That's a, that's a fair bit. Thought over to Sanders. What do you got to say? I mean, do you have a price tag for, for all this? We do. I mean, you know, and, and uh, the, the price tag is it will be substantially less than letting the current system go. I think it's about $30 trillion. That's just for Medicare for all. Just, just Medicare about. for all. Yes. Do you have a, a price tag for all of these things? No, I don't. I mean, sorry, it's sounding pretty good. Politicians always love it. I mean, people always love it when politicians can't cost their policies. Yeah, exactly. It's just like it, it threw over the Labor in this election. It's going to throw over Sanders. Like, yeah. I, I genuinely reckon, like, Trump is would dominate Sanders. I mean, you talk about moderate people. People go like, I don't know, Republican, don't know about Democrat. Like, I, I'm not the biggest Trump guy in the world, but he's not on record phrasing Fidel Castro or yeah. just like, well, I suppose there are a few pie-in-the-sky things, but not as pie-in-the-sky as where's 30 trillion come from. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We're not going to nickel and dime it right now. I can't, I can't cost that for you right now, but that's an interesting point. The, the general consensus is, and as you know, James, I'm no political, uh, what's the word, expert. Um, <laughs> Uh, but people, you know, the general consensus is he can't win. Heaps of Democrats will stay home and not vote if Sanders is the nominee. And Americans generally will never vote for a socialist. I get that, but people said that Donald Trump would never win. Jones. That's the other part, which is like uh, we talked about this with Andrew Bolton on the show a few mm. weeks ago. Once a reality TV billionaire can be president, literally anyone can be president. Yep. So who knows? Uh, the other part of it is I'm liking the Democratic establishment freakout over Sanders. So there's so many people who are like, ah, oh, Sanders, you know, blah 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 blah. Now that he's the front runner they are mustering the forces of yeah. establishment darkness against him yeah, so that's, that's a good way of putting chris it. matthews uh msnbc host might know him as cantankerous old dude who yells uh about politics the only one on the TV. only one on tv but he is a bit of a voice for democratic establishment compared sanders winning nevada to france falling to the nazis which he's since apologized for probably rightly so not the best analogy you want to bring no. up uh but I don't know if they're going to be able to for- harness the forces of darkness like they did in 2016 to make sure Hillary run the same way they'll be able to do now when it's like Sanders is just blowing everyone away. Yeah, well, he's in front by so much. It will be hard for them to do that, but yep. they will try. They <laughs> will try. Now, can I just show Efforts you... Efforts will be made. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Now, can I just show you one more thing before we move on? I noticed this during the week. It was made a few weeks ago, and now the Sanders have campaign. It's a video, and the Sanders campaign have adopted it as an ad, and in my opinion, butchered it. So I'm just going to show you a section of the original video. So roll the tape, please, mate. Black, white, straight, gay, men, female. We are together. We are united. Our time is right now. We will not wait four more years. We will not wait 20 more years. We will not wait two more presidents. We will not wait three more presidents. The time is now. Now, what? that goes for about two minutes, and obviously I can't show the whole thing. Yeah, what's your problem with that? Because the second I saw that ad, I wanted to run through a wall. Like, well, you get Killer Mike t- telling me about anything for three minutes, I will want to fight it. Well, I don't have a problem with it at all. In fact, what I was going to say was that, that killer, that's by a bloke called Killer Mike, as James just said, who's a rapper. Run the jewels. And it goes for two minutes, and it is amazing. And I think that this is the reason that people vote, or young people especially, are attracted to socialism. We've got to make ads like that. Right. If we want to stop, if we want to get young people to be interested in uh, liberalism, let's say. I'll reach out to Killer Mike. If you go, if you could reach out to Killer Mike. And I'll fanboy for a little bit. Yeah. Talk about Run the Jewels 2 being the best album yeah. of rap music in the last 10 years. Yeah. Oh, that's probably not right. But <laughs> it's a bit of a butterfly. But 
once I get the fanboying out of the way, I'll try and bring them on side. Yeah, just say more government's not the solution to your problems. But that is amazing. And Google it and have a look. And if you change three words, you can make it about liberalism. There we go. Uh, all right. So the other thing we should talk about at the start of the show is, unless you had anything. No, that's it, mate. That's, that's all, all I had. All right. So the other thing we should talk about at the start of the show, uh, bring it back to Australian home soil. Labor has announced a net zero emissions policy by 2050 and will oppose taxpayer funding of new coal-fired power plants. So one out of those two things is good, and it's definitely not the first one. So in their defense, like they say, okay, we signed up for Paris. Paris has specifically said net zero emissions by 2050, so we're just announcing that we're going to suit up to Paris. I echo Gideon Rosner's thing, which is like, congratulations, Scott Morrison, on wiping out the next election. I don't get this as a strategy. Uh, we just had the climate election and Labor got absolutely pantsed out of nowhere and I don't know why they're doubling down and saying net zero emissions by 2050. That's the technical term, James. Yeah, no, look, you're right. And the rhetoric's changed since the election. They stopped openly hating bogans, which is good. But this is an example of actually the action not changing. You know, the actual policy positions are staying pretty much the same. And I think the reason, so you just asked why has that happened, I think it's just because they've still got those massive greeny factions in their party and they've still got massive greeny factions in their support so it's really hard you know if you want to help the emissions tell daniel andrews to legalize uranium in australia and you know get uh follow america's lead and do fracking do fracking that's the do technical frack. term yeah you know natural gas and all that because they've reduced their emissions under trump and, and obama to be fair because of more stuff like that yeah so i mean that's a thing where if you want 20 if you want to lower emissions which we all do the best way to do it are nuclear and fracking but then like the narrative goes okay so labor's announced that what's the coalition going to do and the coalition say okay well ours is more of a technology-based solution mm. to getting towards lower emissions and that gets laughed at but like i the thing with techno technology-based emissions is that it do it sounds as like you know wishful thinking as carbon uh, sorry zero net emissions by 2050. Mm. But 20 what 25 years ago we didn't have the internet. Like who yeah. knows what the world is going to look like in 50 years time? We might have figured out a technology way of doing all this stuff. Like if you genuinely think the electric car that runs as well as a diesel car and costs as little as a diesel car isn't on the way in the next 50 years. You're a fool. Like, look around you. Look how much technology is developing and how quickly it is. That is literally the solution. Like, if it needs a solution, as you know, I'm quite sceptical of how bad a problem climate change is going to be. But if it does need a solution, it's it's definitely technological innovation. Yeah. It's not Anthony Albanese going, we're going to be emissions free by 2050. Yeah, the guy that uh, invents this stuff is all going women. to be the – all women – is going to be the richest person in the world mm. and no one has to immediately divest from mining in Australia and we lose jobs. Mm. No, it, exactly right. If, I, like, if that's uh, pie in the sky thinking, then so is yours, but mine is actually correct. Not hey. yours, but like people that think net zero policy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, okay. uh, so that's that. Let's get into heroes and villains. Uh, let's hear from Grunt the Pig, which is the international symbol for the snort of freedom. This is for people that have stood up for freedom around the world, for uh, human mm. progress. So That's the first time we've had to ask for that. Yeah, because Saul usually throws in the curveball. Usually mm. he tries to one-up us, but I thought if I preempted him and I asked for it, then it, the power's back in my hands and not Saul's. And he doesn't have a microphone, so he can't defend himself. Mm. Now, Pete, who is your hero of the week this week? Well, I don't know if you've heard of this bloke, but Donald Trump no. is my hero this week. Uh, now, he's been visiting India in front of more than 100,000 fans in Moratera. Mo sorry, my, my mistake. Matera Cricket Stadium in Gujarat. He said this. Where your people cheer on some of the world's greatest cricket players from Suchin Tendulkar <laughs> to Virat Kohli. Now, I'm sure he's got staff. I'm sure yeah. he's got staff that say to him, now, do you know how to pronounce these names? And I'm sure Donald Trump says, yes, I know how to pronounce it. 
Let me do the speech. Yeah, he strikes me as a we'll do it live kind of guy. Yeah. I got to say, that's actually, my, if you told me, check out this clip of Tr- Donald Trump trying to pronounce Sachin Tendulkar and Vera Kohli, yeah. he did much better than I get, would would have thought. Yeah, yeah. Vera Kohli was nearly correct. Yeah, yeah. He just sort of said Kohli. Um, so, yeah, no, look, he, he wasn't too bad, but he sort of, yeah, it's like, even if you said Sachin Tendulkar phonetically, it would be closer. Than, well, you'd be right because it's sort of a <laughs> phonetic name. Anyway, the, the link between cricket and politics happens a lot, James, as we know. Now, I'm going to show you a few clips of this. This is a famous one, Roll Takes All. Howard failed to handle the local conditions with his first delivery. That was a dead ball. Not wanting to damage Australia's cricket reputation on the subcontinent, he stepped up again. Wide that time. One last failed attempt. Now, everyone's seen that before. John Howard's very famous. I didn't realise he'd actually did three bad deliveries. I only one. thought there was one. How do you go back to the well? <laughs> what to- What... What was going to be fixed after the first one? It wasn't like there's all oh, technical. You're just releasing it a second too yeah. slowly. Don't go back. No, that's just a leave t- the country. That's just a fastball going. Skip. I've got it. Give me the ball. You know, get the ball in my hands. Anyway, he then went and had a bat, and he actually hit the ball, so he didn't get. Yeah, you know, hope. off stump out of the ground. Anyway, Hawkey came a cropper as well uh, with cricket. Saul, please. Oh well, I haven't felt better, but it's uh, it's okay. okay. Oh, Tell me, I was really lucky that. Uh, Scratch the uh, the surface of the eye. Now, for those listening, that is uh, Prime Minister Hawke getting hit in the head uh, playing in a cricket game. Didn't realise also in that game, I thought that had happened. Apparently, he hit his first ball for four and made 28. So he did do pretty well anyway. The, it was done by Melbourne Herald journalist Gary O'Neill. Imagine standing at the top of your mark going, I'm going to scone this bloke. <laughs> Prime Minister Australia, I'm going to scone him. Anyway, final one of cricket and politics sometimes Leave does me mix- off that last press release, would you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, of cricket and politics mixing... Very well indeed. Go on, Saul. Oh, that's a big shot. It's hit high in the air, going down towards extra cover, and they won't get that one. Into the crowd. What a shot. At six. I've literally never seen Is it that miles? That has gone miles. It is a huge six. Now, of course, of course, that is Imran Khan, Prime Minister of Pakistan, when he used that... to play for Pakistan, smashing the Aussies all around the Gabba at some point in the 80s. Very good point. A lot of cricket for the show. Let's move a lot, on. A lot of visual clips for a primarily audio-based format. So I've got a few more cricket highlights. All right, great. Um, <laughs> Here's a nice maiden over from Shane Warne circa 1997. All right, uh, my villain, uh, sorry, hero of the week this week is uh, Rishi Sunak, the treasurer, the new treasurer for the UK. They are putting together the budget and he tweeted out a photo of him and his team hard at it. Uh, people can see it there. I just gave Pete, <laughs> just gave Pete crap for... Uh, the visual format, but this is very visual. But anyway, sorry, he's right next to what appears to be like the largest bag of Yorkshire tea you can possibly buy. It is like nearly the size of his torso. Uh, now, by the way, that is my kind of treasurer. That is a bulk purchase of someone who knows how to stretch a dollar with a yeah. view to the long term. Like that oh, is yeah. not just, okay, let's settle this for right now. That is, let's settle this for future generations. He's not set that down the road to get a few actual coffees made at the coffee shop. He says, we're going to get 40 bucks worth of coffee. It's going to last us two decades. Yes. Sorry. That's the kind of treasurer you want mm. at the helm. Uh, and so he tweeted out that photo and Yorkshire tea is a company. It's not just like a way to make tea. It's a company. Uh, and, because of that, Twitter did what it did. A few choice tweets <laughs> that I'll read uh, to you. Uh, Yorkshire Tea, why are you promoting this fool no longer buying your products? Well, that's uh, that's how it looks. So goodbye from me to Yorkshire Tea. Uh, and a really tiny one I printed out that tiny for some reason. This uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, gen- I genuinely cannot read this. All right, then. Well, it's, anyway, so the, the point... Tweet. 
The point remains, uh, a whole lot of people jumped on saying Yorkshire Tea, how dare you sponsor this man as if like Yorkshire Tea is just like, hey, here's some co-opting we can do. Yeah. Like we want to get an athlete at the height of his performance. Let's <laughs> put some money into the treasurer of the UK. Yeah. Anyway, so Yorkshire Tea didn't ask for any of this. They just happened to be the product that he bought. And uh, they had to tweet out, so it's been a rough weekend. On Friday, the Chancellor shared a photo of our tea. Politicians do that sometimes. Jeremy Corbett did it in 2017. So they're both sides of the aisle, Yorkshire Tea. We weren't asked or involved, and we said so the same day. Lots of people got angry with us all the same. Now, they're my hero this week, because that is a tough week. Broiled in an internet storm for absolutely no reason. Because apparently everything down to the tea you purchase for your office on a late night is political. Exactly right. And I'm glad glad you made them a hero, because they didn't succumb they just wrote a polite statement saying we're not pleased hey look we we cross the aisle they this say, yeah we distance ourselves from boris johnson's racist government or something yes like they that. withstood the yorkshire tea party so oh <laughs> that was bad. a joke i knew people not bad all right uh, all week. that is if the heroes will now go to the villains and i have said many times before i do not endorse what we do for heroes uh <laughs> villains so pete take us away well so roll the tape this is As the, extinction oh. rebellion protests enter their sixth day that is a fake nudie run from Extinction Rebellion back in October. And as a result, they get named the fake Extinction Rebellion nudie run Villain of the Week award for those who are standing against freedom this week. James, hit us with your nomination. Uh, sorry, my nomination for Villain of the Week is Caulfield Grammar, which is a private school down here in Melbourne. Uh, they have just opened up a $25 million aquatic centre wow, in the school. A lot of money. It is a lot of money. That is a lot of money. $25 million aquatic centre. Uh, but they dis- they were deciding who to name it after. Now, one name that strikes to mind when you think of Caulfield Grammar, uh, and maybe you don't know this, but if you were a Caulfield Grammar student and you were opening up a co- an aquatic centre, uh, maybe you would think to name it after former uh, Caulfield Grammar student, Mac Horton, mm. like Australian medalist, greatest swimmer in Australia at the moment, I would assume. I don't really pay attention to swimming outside of Olympics, but I know last time he did really well. He's up there. He's up there. So, but they decided not to, and the report coming out of the Sydney Morning Herald was that because they wanted to uh, protect their business interests in China, because if you weren't aware, Mac Horton is in a long-standing feud with uh, Chinese swimmer Sun Yang over Sun Yang's drug cheat. Alleged. Uh, alleged drug cheat. <laughs> Good save, Pete, to keep us away from the trolls who will come anyway if they need to. But anyway, so Mac Horton, Sun Yang, they've decided to take Sun Yang and the money over Mac Horton. Yeah. Now they've just come out now that they they you know they might change it back, which they probably should. But Caulfield Grammar, if you're a student there, just know the school will support you as long as it doesn't cost them potential future earnings. I don't know how you can look your students in the eye and tell you we want you to grow up and be people of integrity, people of honesty, and stuff like that, and then. Bow to that. Do you know what that regime is doing to people? Caulfield Grammar, you should be ashamed. Yeah, it's literally your own student. Yeah. If there's anyone, if there's any school in Australia that should praise Mac Horton, yeah. it's the one he went to school at. He's gone up, he's an elite swimmer, he's done really well. He stood up against something that was wrong. Yep. And this is how you repay him. There we go. All For right. a few extra yuan. Very good. All right, uh, let's move over to your villain. Mate, I've got a really good villain this week. This is what I really was looking forward to, but I forgot at the start. Anyway, my villain this Pink week the curtain. is Tasmania Parks and Wildlife Service. Three days ago on the ABC News website, there was this. If you've ever picked up a stick in a park or reserve to help leave yourself over the rocky patches, uh, you probably thought you weren't doing any harm. But Tasmanian Wildlife Services wants, to track, wants track users to think twice about picking up walking sticks. James, a stick is not just a stick. That is a direct quote. If you're an ant, that stick could be a perfect highway across the forest floor. Also good for fungus 
and insects. So sticks, apparently, James, are a city link for ants, uh, and visitors have been asked to bring walking poles if required. Now, this all started, James, because staff at... <clears throat> now, I did Google how to say this. Freysonet National Park. Freysonet National Park noticed that people were discarding the sticks they'd use and they were putting them in the car park as they left. Now, I looked into this, James. Freysonet National Park is 169 square kilometres. There's enough frigging sticks to go around, okay? <laughs> we can all have a stick. Find something better to do. Do some frigging burn-offs or something. This is ridiculous. I got a few things. So one I just I only just thought of now, which is like you said how these sticks are ants' highways mm. and people are leaving them in the car park. Mm. So now they're just an ants' highway in a different spot. You're telling me the ants in the car park yeah. don't get a they don't get a highway, they've got to go over the gravel. There's ants and fungi in the park car park. Exactly. That's ant discrimination. Now the other part I'll talk about is now, yeah, so the ant highways a, a sunbed for a skink, I don't know what that is, or a home for fungi. Now, if you're telling me that any of those things are more important than me pretending to be Gandalf and annoying people I'm on a hike with, yeah. I don't want to hear it. Because yeah. that is important. Yeah. It's important to bring jokes in. Also, another part of this story I saw. So rangers at the National Park collected and discarded walking sticks over three months to demonstrate the impact. So you have this like whole bunch of sticks in one pile in the middle of the forest. Mm. Strikes me as a bad idea. Well, I don't even know if you've read too much about the bushfires, but I reckon having a whole bunch of sticks in one location in the middle of a national park... Like- I would frown upon that. A pile of kindling. It's like <laughs> building, building a little fire. I don't know if you're doing the thing that you think you're doing when that happens. And also, if they're so important, put them back. Exactly. It's, Not, it's a stick. Now no ant can have a it's highway. A now no ant can have a highway because these rangers want to make a point. Yeah. All right. Uh, that is it for the start of the have show. So now let's go over to our interview with Evan Mulholland. Okay, we're now uh, joined once again by the IPA's Director of Communications, Evan Mulholland. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Now, uh, massive week. Massive week for Evan. You were trending in Australia, Mr. Trend, trending in Australia, Evan, number one. Number on, one. On Twitter. On Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to what, Pete? Well, you can trend on other stuff, can't you? I, I, don't, I think if you're trending, it's no. definitely a Twitter thing. So yeah, anyway, uh, how has fame changed you? This uh, I've no, haven't really changed me much. But well, I, I reckon. Uh, as you know, I'm very humble. Um, <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, a lot of the responses weren't overly positive, mm-hmm. uh, but I sort of put that to the side. I never really take note of it. Plus, I've done a, a really great thing on Twitter. I've gone to the mute very section. Humble. Very humble. I've gone to the mute section and I've muted the teardrop emoji. And as you know, all the lefties have identified with this teardrop emoji, something yep. about water buybacks or something like that. Okay. So most of most of the, the responses I didn't actually see. So. How do I do that? I'll do it right now. I will now. show how you do how to do it. You go <laughs> okay. to settings and then you go mute. All right, yeah, Pete, you, you carry this interview. I'm just going to figure this out. I don't, I don't ever want to mute people. I'm, re- I'm ready to hear all viewpoints. Trust yeah, me, not uh, after a few days on Twitter, not all viewpoints. Sometimes I go on Twitter yeah. and it makes me sad. That's true. But yeah. uh, Evan... What was the tweet? Because Bolt forgot to read it out. Okay, it was uh, that uh, this is a disgrace. Talking mm-hmm. about the extra bin uh, for the viewers and listeners. Talking about the ex- Daniel Andrews introducing an additional bin for glass, mm-hmm. uh, which is have, has like a pink or purple lid. Uh, so that's four bins people need to have, which yep. ha- have no room. So I said this is a disgrace. Daniel Andrews is uh, uh, conscripting all Victorians to become unpaid rubbish sorters. Okay. Which is true, and that that for that you were trending. That for that I was the number one trend in Australia. Now, I've said things I think uh, that are a lot more controversial than that. As you know, Gideon tweets all the time as well. He said things that are a lot more controversial than that. He definitely has. It it was a slow news day for the tweeters out there that uh, have uh, too much time on their hands. They uh, had a lot of fun with it, and uh, 
good on them. Most of the uh, you know the the Twitter journalist class got around it as well, uh, which I thought was quite amusing. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was it was a lot of fun. The thing I th- think about it is like yeah, you got like all these Twitter responses which you said, but the pro- like the thing is I don't think it accurately reflects where the Australian public is. Like Twitter is not real life as being a deciding election strategy for a few elections now. And this thing as well, because when your comments got picked up by no, your article got picked up by the Herald Sun, those comments were very positive. Yeah, there was, like, there was like there was like over six hundred comments all in my favour, being like, "This is absolute crap. I have no place to store this. This is so impractical. This is going to result in more waste." All the exact arguments I was making, uh, but uh, it's a lot different to to what was said on Twitter. And I can tell you, my Im- my email inbox is full of punters writing in, being like, "Good on your comments. This is a disgrace." I will get to the actual story in a sec because it is very important. But I want to touch on another person who's also had a big week on Twitter, not just yourself, Evan, but the man next to me, James Bolt, got his first hundred like tweet this week. I'll read it out to you. The year is 2030. All right, same, we don't need to do this. Same well, topic as you. This yep. You have 47 bins. All right. Each is triggered with an alarm that upon a single mistake sets off a swarm of killer wasps. The wasps must be then put into their own bin. 193 likes. Rita Panahi, David Laneholm. Big old Rexy boy here, responded as well. Uh, what do you think of that? How does James become famous like you? That's a that's a great tweet. I didn't yeah. even say it. Oh well, thank well, you. Yeah, one more like the powers, yeah. the powers of be around here have asked me to tweet more, so tweet I shall. <laughs> yeah, so no, you've been at James M. Bolt. Yeah, uh, and a great tweet it. about the, uh, the the nannies at the Guardian. Oh, today. that sucked. That All right, one. can we? Sorry, sidestep to this one for a second. Yeah. Yeah. So the Guardian opinion, like the Guardian opinion page, had one today, which was like, is it time to ban drinking on planes because a few too many people are apparently getting drunk on planes and being rude to stuff? Now yeah, you shouldn't no. get rude to stuff. I'm not saying you should. Yeah, exactly. Once the Guardian can leave Kevin Rudd alone, I'll be happy. But uh, you should not be mean to staff, obviously. But the idea that the rest of us have to suffer because, like, you know, these isolated cases, whereas drinking on a plane, as Peter rightly pointed out, Mm. is one of life's great... Greatest inventions. It is. is ridiculous. Oh, and yeah. who are these people that are being rude when they're drunk? Like, I get a bit nicer. When I just I'm want to know what polite. the flight attendant's about. Like, tell me your life story. I want yeah. to hear it. <laughs> tell, tell me about you. Yeah. <laughs> I've, got, I've got to serve these hey, dinners, you're, serving, you're serving me. You're serving me. Let me serve you. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Uh, where were we? Where were we? <laughs> I don't I'll, know. I'll get right up on this room. Bolt's been speaking truth. Anyway, now, uh, another point for this bin story, to go back to yeah. that for a second, is that my house, I realised through this whole story, my house only has two bins. Has the world left me behind? It has, uh, probably because you might not have a green waste bin. Do not have the garden one. Uh, you might not require mm. one. Uh, I actually what are you about my in the uh, in the suburbs of Reservoir. I have quite a big garden, right. and uh, I, okay. I, 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 uh, I have a green waste bin, and it gets quite full. Uh, yeah. But um, I also put food. You can put food scraps in there as well, which is part of the, the rollout they want to make compulsory. But what they want to do is give you a pink or purple bin or whatever it is so you can separate your glass from everything else. Yeah. Now, not only does that mean people will have to store an extra big bin around, people will have to change the complexion of how they arrange their, their kitchen or inside rubbish area because you can't just have two bins inside, one for recycling, one for rubbish. You mm-hmm. need, now you're going to need three bins in your, your general cleaning area. It's a multiplying effect. It's ridiculous. Yeah, because I live in a share house with a few friends and uh, two of them are very, very left-wing and I'm just waiting for them to start really going like, hang on, these bins might not be as good an idea. As I thought. Now, one of the tweets I wanted that you got that I want to hone in on, I can't remember who it was, but someone said, uh, dude, shouldn't you be happy because Japan has eight bins and they're doing perfectly fine? I, I would contest that no one would be happy with eight bins. 
you're exactly right. And if you look at some of the photos out of Japan, and I know a lot of people in Japan, most of the time you just see massive garbage uh, bags on uh, curbside, uh, which are just mixed in all over the place. And there are studies showing that the more people have to sort, the less um, that actually gets recycled. So it's self-defeating. And our friends at the Institute for Economic Affairs did a, a big report on a container deposit scheme as well, which is one of the policies they announced, uh, which, you know, everywhere it's been trialled, it's, it's, you know, blown out. It's led to, in New South Wales, for example, uh, their big beverage companies are pocketing 30 million a year. So it's turning into these big crony capitalist schemes where governments are basically handing money to big beverage companies like Coca-Cola and Carlton United to uh, do what they're already doing. Yeah, exactly. It's like uh, charging us for shopping bags. It's exactly. Like, uh, the corporations will more than happily accept more money. Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, the punters so fired up about this. Plastic bags, extra bins, they are the bread and butter issues. Mm, that's exactly right. And so you've, you've had a gutful. I've had a gutful. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I sure tested last week on the quiz that you get a bonus every time you ha- say. Well, I'm we a did have our poll media. last week that showed that sixty-six percent of Australians have want people to stick want local councils to stick to roads, rates, and rubbish. And state government's announcement proves that the local councils can't even do rubbish correctly. <laughs> well, let's get on to a new poll that we've got now. So the AP. Yep. Uh, Oh, I can't what, even talk now. The IPA has happened, put out yeah. a poll about the ABC. Talk us through that. Yeah, so we asked Austra- Australians to agree or disagree uh, with a simple uh, statement that the ABC does not reflect the views of ordinary Australians, does mm-hmm. not rep- represent the views of ordinary Australians. Yeah. 32% of Australians disagree with that statement. So, th- 32% agree. 32% disagree. So Disagree with the idea that yeah, it doesn't. Uh, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Our... Our, uh, I think this is shocking, a shocking indictment of the on the ABC because it's t- telling that only 32% of Australians think that the ABC speaks for them, think it represents their views. You've got a, um, an ABC, a public broadcaster that we all, f- tune, uh, that we all fund to the tune of $1.1 billion every year that is increasingly biased and uh, I don't mind that the Guardian's biased or the SMH is biased because they're a private organisation. We don't have to pay for it. The ABC is the only organisation every taxpayer is forced to pay for. I'm actually surprised that it's as high as 32%. I didn't realise that 32% of Australians were like nihilistic, postmodern, hard left <laughs> greenies. But, but you go. you've got the ABC delving into all these issues. They've now gotten rid of Jared Henderson, so they're basically no conservatives on insiders at all, and um, you might have seen on Slack yesterday, uh, they've released a new podcast into the Whitlam dismissal. Like, if the AB, if there's any issue that the ABC hasn't covered enough... Average age right now, go. <laughs> 70. <laughs> oh, that's low. <laughs> they're they're going to introduce, you know... But um, for over 65s, 47% of Australians think that the ABC doesn't represent the views of ordinary Australians. That's almost half of people uh, uh, over the age of 65. So... Mm. Uh, this is a shocking indictment for the ABC, and there's all sorts of examples where they're they're out of step. They're you know deleting Facebook posts which show that hazard reduction uh, that protesters were um, protesting uh, hazard reduction burns. They deleted those. They they've um, you know, their bias uh, on their news platforms is just out of control. I could be super wrong here, so I'll give us time to yep. take it out <laughs> if I if we need to. But didn't SBS have an article about climate change and bushfires a few years ago that you can't find anymore? 
They did. They did. So um, this happened recently uh, over uh, de- about December. Mm. Um when the bushfires came up, a lot of people started sharing one of their old articles saying bushfires not linked to climate change, says expert. Now, this is or former professor David Packham from Monash University, very, very smart fellow. He, um, he and still holds those views, um, he said that bushfires aren't linked to climate change. The most effective uh, way you can reduce the effect of bushfires is hazard reduction. Um, very, very obvious points. Uh, they, uh, after it started trending online, the, AB, the sorry, the SBS deleted the article, took it down. Really? Uh, it took two days for them to put it back up um, after lots of complaints and lot, lot, and oh, it came up in the media a few times. Mm. They put it back up with like an editorial up the top trying to give a preamble and explanation for it. It wasn't even their article. It was an AAP article. Uh, AAP is Australian Associated Press, basically write articles on behalf of the media that can host it on the website. And so to my knowledge and my searching, it was the only article ever that they've edited from AAP or, or deleted. Now, Morgan Begg and I uh, have put in an FOI to... Oh, yes, is this yes. a hot scoop? This is a hot scoop. Wow, oh, yeah. breaking news. Coming out in the spectator. Turn up your transistors, people. <laughs> so uh, we put in an FOI trying to find all documents and correspondence relating to the deletion of it. Yeah. They came back and said under the programming ex- exemption, um, they can reject it, our FOI outright. We then put in an internal for an internal review of that decision because the S, as Morgan found out, he was the undertaker in this case. Uh, the SBS is this actually is, a thing? It's a by the way, the passing on of the undertaker. It's a I don't know. Uh, the SBS's own act describe defines a program as a television or radio broadcast. In no, in nowhere in their in their act does it say that is a article on a website, especially an article that they didn't even write. Um, so we've now taken the SBS to the Office of the Australian Information Commissioner wow. to, for an external review into this FOI and we're happy to take it all the way to the AAT because it, there needs to be a new ruling and they can't hide this stuff. They're a public broadcaster. I'm surprised they thought they could get away with taking down an article that was trending. Exactly. Uh, so how how wrong do we think Bolt was then at the start? Because you said you know I, I said zero. No, I I was zero percent wrong. Yeah, that's that's, what, that's what I was getting at. All <laughs> oh, right, okay, that's a rare show of good form, <laughs> good faith. Anyway. Uh, now, so the thing with this is that literally none of this would be. I mean, you know, it's a bit of a problem, but it's not as big a problem if there wasn't public broadcasting because people say, oh, you hate the ABC, you just want 7.30 gone Mm. and all this other stuff and you want regional radio gone. No, we don't. We just want it to not be funded by taxpayers who don't listen to it. Exactly. One example of the the bias, Uh, a few weeks ago, the ABC gave wall-to-wall coverage of Boris Johnson's announcement that he was ending coal exports. He had a new net zero uh, 2050 plan. Wall-to-wall coverage. Young IPA podcast villain at that point. Look look at what the uh, Conservatives are doing in the UK. Why can't the Liberal Party do that here? That was basically the wall-to-wall ABC narrative for a week. The next week, Boris Johnson uh, floated getting rid of the <laughs> BBC licence fee. Yeah. Dead air from the ABC. <laughs> Literally no coverage, which is ridiculous. It's yeah. a fair enough, fair enough policy uh, to float out there that uh, the... BBC and I think the ABC should float to a subscription service and be able to stand on its own two feet. My view is if the ABC is good as all their staff say it is, 
then they have nothing to fear from privatisation. Have a look at privatisation of, of uh, Telstra, of Qantas, of Commonwealth Bank, all of which have done extremely well post-privatisation and ended up with more revenue and more profits. Absolutely. Yep. All right, I think we've got time for one more. Yeah, one more. Fire it through. We've got one more. So, Ev, just off air, you were telling us uh, about... You've got a child on the way. On the way. On yep. the way. Very child exciting. on the way. And you found a way to stretch a bit of dollars, and I like it. Yeah. I have. I bit have. Of parenting uh, advice. Bit of uh, parenting capitalism, I call it. Okay. Um, so, uh, been doing a lot of shopping with the wife, uh, shopping for big things like prams, car seats, cribs, change tables and alike. And so I spent about an hour in baby bunting. And I don't know if any of the viewers are listening have been to baby bunting. It's big, big baby store, basically Toys R Us for baby stuff. And um, uh, it is very... I think they do call that place Toys R Us, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it is very expensive. They haven't been there at all. It is very, very expensive. For example, top of the line, uh, I think it's called a Burry Slay Cot, uh, cost about uh, $1,300 or $1,400 new. Whoa. Yep. Not just babies are expensive. So we spent an hour, (laughs) poor woman, having to guide us through and showing us the different things. Going through, we didn't buy anything. (laughs) I went on Gumtree and Facebook Marketplace. I bought exactly the same cot that was like three years old for about four hundred bucks. That is always thinking. Yeah, (laughs) that is the power of free market capitalism. Free markets. Yes, a bit of advice. Power it brings to the consumer. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, that, uh, thank you very much, Evan, and I think you're sticking around for the quiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, this is going to be a very good quiz. Okay. I really feel it. I've predicted it. Pete's already pulling out hair out of his mouth, so maybe it's not as good as it's going to be. <laughs> what is time? time? Do you need time? What does hair in your tongue mean? It means nah. you've been lying or something, well, isn't it? Well, then it's got the hairiest damn tongue in the world, I reckon. Lion Pete, we call him. Okay. Like Lion's head. Are you good? Yeah, mate, I'm ready to go. In fact, this is probably a good moment for me to put the crown on. Uh, well, I would say take that off, not only because you've derailed the quiz and it's not begun, but we actually have two people defending their yeah. heavyweight title yeah. titles it's right now because crosses. Gideon <laughs> not here last week, couldn't defend his title. Correct. Peter Gregory sweeps in and takes it. Yeah. So two people so with a double crown. Championship. Double championship. Pretty- both people... Going for the same ground that they would both so say is theirs. Belt. So Do you want to get straight up match. into the mic? That, that's why I haven't planned the Perth trip, so I'd be dethroned. Yeah. It's like, yeah. He's like the Russians. You're working with him to, uh, to <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, so this is our own Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder, and I will say at the start, no licking of other people's blood. Why not? If it comes up. Okay, well, I'm disappointed. <laughs> I'm upset. No, do what? I, yeah, well, surprising that Gideon will not be up to date with the world of uh, heavyweight championship boxing. But oh, right, I'm, th- I'm about to say, what the hell happened on the quiz last week? <laughs> <laughs> what did you things people got, get up to? No, I, I left for one hand. week, and the whole show goes to hell. Oh, it, right, yeah. Look, there was a scene. Uh, everyone who needs to has apologised, and we're going to move on. Yeah, we've got uh, all employees have been cancelled by <laughs> yeah, HR. Exactly. All right, uh, all right. sorry, we'll get straight into it. If it is your first quiz listening, it is one point for a correct answer, one point off for an incorrect answer. Obviously, we have Evan, Gideon, and Peter. Yeah. Uh, well done. Uh, and your buzzers are your first names. Sorry, question one. What By what year are Labor committed to... Evan. Oh. Wow. Oh. All right, Pete, who got that? Because I heard both at the oh, same I heard time. Evan first. Heard yeah, Evan I think Evan was first. 2050. It is correct. Uh, How do you know the, the rest question of the question like that? It's going to be committing to net zero emissions. It, Evan has got that look in his eye. This is some high of the tiger stuff. Jeez, he can see coup. Uh, the, like, the, the, two, the two champions and he'll just come up, up the middle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so. Like where, Rasputin. 
Terrible policy, by the way, that Labor policy. There we go. <laughs> never <laughs> stops. Analysis. Never stops. Bit of there analysis. we go. Research. Okay. That's research uh, all right. So we had the Democratic debate this week. Where is the next uh, primary located? Gideon. Oh, Gideon. who knows? South Carolina. I did actually just mention that off air. So when she started no, I, I, actually, I actually didn't know. Uh, it didn't occur to me. I thought, oh, where is it? But anyway, bus yeah. first and think later. Once Jane that's starts talking, I just blank out. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's what's held the podcast back, but also in some ways improved it. Uh, question number three. Which dictator uh, did Bernie praise in an unearthed Roof, video? Fidel Castro. Fidel Castro yeah, this week. Too. Good old Fidel. Uh, Not good old Fidel. Well, old Cubans listening. But. All right. Question four. Which dictator did Peter Gregory just <laughs> raise on the Young IPA podcast? Just to clarify. Just no. to clarify. All right. Yeah, uh, now, uh, now, Evan, we were just talking to you about bins. How many bins? Get in. Evan. Oh, four. here we go. Or you. All right. What's the, what's the answer? Four. Is not the question oh. I was going for. Sorry. Point off for Gideon. Always based away to the end. How many bins? Do residents have in Japan? Roof, roof. Yep. Roof, roof that time. Eight, mate. Eight. Eight big ones. I saw that on Twitter as well. Damn it. So there we go. That's All my right. story. <laughs> Good story. Do you want to tell it again, but slower? Don't leave that How in How does it work in Tokyo time. if they live in an apartment building? They uh, have to... Potentially not true. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's it definitely an infographic I saw more than once on Twitter. No, I, I saw it anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, in Japanese listeners, write in. Um, <laughs> Jack Bolt. At IPA. J-Bolt. Look, when, IPA. When, Australian, when Australians start sleeping in drawers and stuff like that, then we can have, uh, you know, eight bins. But that is they're, slightly they're underrated. Important, they're important. <laughs> Look, I'm sure it's fine, but they're important cultural differences yes. we're not factoring in here. But, man, those pods. In, in Japan, they also sell... Good way, good um, way to save buck. In Japan, they also have vending machines at, like, train stations with strong alcohol, like, pre-mixed drinks. Can you imagine if they had that at, you know, Southern Cross or something? Oh. The whole country had boomed to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> they realised it was a Yeah. <laughs> There will be a one oh, and a half I get, minute, I get so lonely oh. in my office. I like to talk to it. Huh? This has quickly become a Gideon. I only got nine minutes before Chris Gideon. hasn't debuted yet. All right. Uh, now, question where are we up to? Five. Now, which magazine did the Australian Press Council rule was in, quote, breach of standards for accuracy last week? Oh, where to start? Magazine. Magazine. Are there, still there aren't even any magazines anymore. I've got a review, of course, being. Uh, no, yeah, a review was never in breach of our standards oh, for accuracy. I saw this. Right, you're the media man. We gave Gideon, oh, we gave Gideon a soapbox about Japanese culture. Yeah. We can give Evan some thinking time. I'm not nah. done. I'm going to reprise it. Oh, I'm only about 5% of the, the way in. Nah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not willing to listen. All right, fair enough. It is Woman's Day. Oh, oh really? Woman's Day. <laughs> What in breach of standards for accuracy for reporting that what Harry... What was inaccurate? The horoscopes or something? Yeah. Harry, no, they were always accurate. Yeah. No, Harry and Meghan were apparently on the outs was the big story. Oh. that like we Thank God the vanguard that is yeah. Australian Press Council stands between <laughs> us and those kind of... Is that not true? Well... I, I think they were like pretty definitive with it. Okay. I mean, I think everyone's probably odds on that, you know, oh, two yeah, years away. But Why are we paying public servants to ver- verify the gossip about the royal family? That's what I'd like to know. Exactly. Because we're yeah. all sitting here doing quizzes yeah. when the real battle's <laughs> out, outside. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so thank you to Australian Press Council because otherwise, you know, anarchy all around. So no one gets those points. Right. democracy. Uh, next question. Iran's deputy health minister Ooh, is in him. the news. Uh, coronavirus. He's been te- tested positive for coronavirus. The deputy health minister. Yeah, really. In, did and you say he, Iran. And Iran. He, didn't interview, he did an interview where he was saying, "Oh no, no, no problems with coronavirus," and he was coughing and spluttering the whole time. And lo and behold, now he has it. Yeah, <laughs> that is like when they make the movie about coronavirus. That's the first thing. Yeah, because that's kind of creepy when the deputy health minister is saying nothing will be worried yeah. about, and he's like, "Snot's coming out his nose." Hey, oh, if creepy. you get if you get sick in a, in a country like Iran, Very then anything's possible. Mm. Pete, you said you'd nude up last week. <laughs> did I? <laughs> I'm expected to remember everything I say. Right. Give the people what they want. Anyway, next one. Closest to the pin. Closest to the pin, no points are off. All right, that's good. <laughs> no points you are can't off. get it wrong. <laughs> you can, just no points are off. 62-year-old George Hood broke the world record for remaining in a planking position this week. 
How long was he there for? 62. Jeez. Since 2012 when planking was a thing. <laughs> No, this is not like the planking, the man. This is like planking is in the fitness thing. Give us a demo. Yeah. Give us a demonstration. Get on the table. Oh, yeah. Get on the table. Chris Sorkin just fainted in the next room. They made me do that in body pump. Yeah. No, I don't know. How are body pump classes going, Gideon? Oh, yeah. When I drag my bloated carcass there, they go quite well. That's good. Not a lot of planks. Oh, a crack. I'm sure people know what the planking position is. Yeah. We all get a shot. All get a shot. No points. Oh, again. 12 hours. 12 hours. 12 hours. The flanking position. All right. It's a world record. 12 hours. I'm going to go four hours. Four hours? Four hours and 15 minutes. All right. Um, Peter Gregory somehow wins this, but yeah. only by a little bit because really? it's eight hours, 15 minutes, and 15 oh. seconds. Oh. So by 15 seconds? Sorry. No, right. by 15 minutes. Because oh, yeah. you would have guessed if you were four if hours away, if you were 16 minutes less, I would have three won. hours, 45 minutes. Oh, I was wow. about to start whinging that your claim that my guess was too high was a favorable thing for I those guys. I just felt yeah. 12 hours was but a then, very big guess. Yeah. To be in the planking position, I can't last a minute and a half. This guy's in going. the planking position. <laughs> the planking. Well, I can't even do it to begin with. I'm one of those people that has to go on their knees. Uh, oh no! Uh, there we go. Um, how boring would that be, by the way? <laughs> yeah. I was in the planking position. Yeah, All playlist. Being the Guinness World Records guy, watching this guy <laughs> playing for eight hours and fifteen minutes. All right. Uh, next question. Um, wait, who got that point? Me. Pete. Come right. on. Uh, which, what type of animals escape from Sydney's Evan, war? Oh. War, who was that? that was, you, you bastard, you're too quick. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> baboons. Baboons is correct. Family uh, podcast, idiot. Now, three bastard. baboons escaped. Anyway. For people who missed the story, and if you did, I apologise because this was electric, but three baboons escape. Now, one of them uh, was on his way to the hospital for a vasectomy yeah. and had two of his wives accompany him and then they all break out together. Now, if that's not true love, yeah. I don't know what is. That's the kind why, of girl you marry. Yeah. Why did they... Or two. Love or wins. two girls. Why did, did why did they bring the wives along? It's for comfort. No, that's a, that was, I don't know if it's true or not, but this was the... Uh, they're doing it in a public hospital. <laughs> it is a weird one. Well, is, it, like, is I know we've got a lot of similar genetics, but I don't think the same surgery no. tools need to be. We should, sure. we should, we should, um, somebody should ask about that on estimates. I mean, was it a Medicare funding for this <laughs> procedure? Yeah, exactly. I mean, how many baboons are treated per year? Mm. Yeah, didn't we test cocaine use in monkeys, or was that like an American? That, that was in America. America. Yeah, that, yeah. Was that was a very long time ago. Jeez, it's a good, blast from the past. Good throwback by me. We don't need to do that here. We just need to send somebody down to the races or the Portsea Polo or something <laughs> with a big swab. <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of comments from Gideon. It's just like, yep. <laughs> but it's good stuff. All right. Uh, now, which university is hosting female only promotion? Evan. Evan. Melbourne University. Hi, the Tiger Eyes. Bloody hell. Leans in. This right. is what happens when you have your comms guy doing this quiz. He actually follows the news. Yeah, that's well, <laughs> director of policy. I think you should probably be <laughs> you're, on, you're on Skylock six times a week. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I should do. I should do those things. All right, yeah. sweet. So coming thanks, into the who? Thanks, uh, supervisor. It's been a good performance review. <laughs> God, Pete was your supervisor. All right, so coming into uh, the who am I? It is Pete on three. It is Evan on three. Ooh. It is Gideon on two. Uh, no, <laughs> one. One. Gideon's on one. Oh, okay, yeah. Still I thought I don't think I've done that well. Anyway. All right, so five points. Five points. I was born sixty-five years ago this Monday. Born sixty-five years ago. Yeah. Potentially still alive or dead. That may be revealed by the next one. <laughs> okay. All right. So, does anyone want to guess? No. Nah, early on? I don't. All right. Sorry, for four yeah. points. Get in your two points behind, don't forget. Evan is playing some serious gamesmanship there. <laughs> you're, like, you're like Mike Mike Bloomberg with Donald Trump. You're trying to bait me and it's not going to work. All right. <laughs> Saying I cheated golf or we, something. We'll be talking about that in a second. <laughs> that was, we'll save it for the rest of the show. Yes. Uh, now, for four points, I died in 2011. Not alive. In California. So that means they must have been 
What's that? So that's 56 years old. Yes, getting better at this. Still don't know who it is though. Oh, do I? <laughs> nah, don't. 56? 56. What a roller coaster that was. Uh, yeah, I think I'm so. I'm going to go. 56. Do it. Do it. Roof, do roof. It. Do it. Steve Jobs. Oh, oh come on. Hey! That's why I'm the king. Oh. That's why I'm the king. Oh, respect. What a get. All right. That Evan, was too good. Thanks, very, guys. Oh, very, thank you for playing Gideon good round. and Evan. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Well done, Pete. Thank you. We've got more show for you coming up after this. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right. Congratulations, Peter Gregory. Very, very good victory. Steve well Jobs. Done. You Steve know, Jobs. I'm great at working out his products as well. So, you know. Very good. partnership made in. I thought you'd get that. I'm really bad with technology, everyone. So... Let's a, carry on with the podcast, shall we? No, let's unpack this. I like where this is at right now. I like the energy this is. No, yeah. all right. You're right. We should keep going. All right. Let us start some segments. Now, this is one of my favorite segments we do here it mm. is the Q&A clap. The original segment. This is a sound effects. Oh. Okay. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Um, Saul's lost it. All right. Uh, that sound you just heard is a Q&A clap. That is a sound effect we play to people that express, you know, like when you watch Q&A, if you do, why? But uh, if you do watch Q&A, they, some, audi- like some panelists will say something that's just like this knee-jerk, usually left-wing th- sentence that doesn't mean anything when you think about it for more than two seconds, mm. but it somehow manages to get a gigantic clap from the Q&A. Mm. Now, Pete and I have always wanted to get our own Q&A clap one day. Still waiting. And and there's a whole lot of people around the world that deserve this Q&A clap, that deserve it for their statements they make. So uh, this week, Washington Paris, they deserve a Q&A clap for this headline that they ran with for approximately two hours before they pulled it. Uh, it is time to give the elites a bigger say in choosing the president. That's, this is your that's, moment. That's <laughs> the, that's, now, I didn't want it in the middle of a sentence. I just, I there it is. I'm just sorry. Um, Give yourself a Q&A clap, so after the show, not now. Um, now, so that is in regards to Sanders winning in Nevada. So, uh, you know, people just thinking uh, the pause have had it too good for too long with mm. Donald Trump in. So we need to take back the reins with the elites. Well, I can't believe they changed it. Yeah. Don't change it. This has been your every single op-ed you've written for like four years or like three decades. Yeah, this it's a mask-off moment where yeah. it's just like, oh, wait, no, we weren't supposed to tell you what we actually think. Yeah. We just had to, the veil of security. This they changed it too. It's time to switch to preference primaries. <laughs> Which is no, all, it isn't. That is no, very it's not, not what you're going for. <laughs> that is not what you mean. That's not what you mean. Yeah. Uh, so, very funny. Yeah, you mean we want to continue to steal everything that poor people hold valuable of Yes. Them. Uh, this country should be run by three suburbs in New York and yeah. two in in Los Angeles that needs a name. and literally no one else. It's like it's not quite a dictatorship because it's uh, oh, like an oligarchy or something. Yeah, I think it's like oligarchy theocracy if it was religious, but it's not. Anyway, there's probably is a name and everyone's screaming it out. And yeah, I can't remember your politics. So. Anyway, uh, now um, let's move on. Okay, now everyone, I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about something that our researcher. Yeah, we've got a researcher. Do we? Yeah. Mia. I am. <laughs> Mia, G'day, Mia. Mia, our researcher, thank you for everything you do, Mia, described this as Barnaby Joyce and Joel Fitzgibbon hardcore beefed on live TV, and I couldn't think of a better way to describe this clip. Why do you announce a policy and I'm not know how to do it? That Meat and Livestock Australia what? will tell you you do not Why do you know need to reduce the cattle herd. What, you need to, what you need to do is reduce the methane emissions and from the cattle herd, and research is already very advanced, oh, Barnaby. And what so, credit to me, that is some hardcore beefing. That is hardcore that is some beefing. Hardcore beefing. And there is nothing more 2020 Australian politics than two middle-aged blokes 
arguing on live TV about how much cows fart <laughs> and how we can maybe reduce how much cows fart. Yes. That's what that was about. <laughs> what, it actually? If you're an alien and you come down, you know, the head god king alien will say to his, you know, staff, what's that? And the staff will be like, oh, well, well, sir, they're arguing about cows farting. Yeah. And they're, you know, the leaders. Uh, I reckon they would just go, this country's, this, this planet's not even worth invading. Let's go back. Like, this is not worth the natural resources that it would take. Let's go back. So, obviously, that was Barnaby Joyce of the Nationals and Joel Fitzgibbon, Shadow Minister for Agriculture and Resources, had an argument. Went for about five minutes. Go and Google it if you want. Uh, uh, that was just 15 seconds. Yeah, because I kind of saw it live because it was Monday morning, wasn't it? Good question, James. I'm going to take yeah, that on notice. Yeah, it would have been notice. because uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, it was Monday morning and I turn on the TV and I'm still, you know, just I'm, I'm coming off the weekend. Where <laughs> just, you just want to <laughs> take Mondays. You just want to take Mondays a bit slowly. And the, literally the first thing I see when I turn on the TV is these two guys yeah. drawing out. I'm just like, it is way too early for this. Yeah, anyway, uh, I, and because of that, I, maybe I'm a bit jaded towards this press conference. I don't even think this is the best press conference of this week. Okay. So yeah. I will raise you that what you just saw or mm-hmm. heard and – Throw it over to the head, well, surprise, surprise, I'm a basketball fan. The head coach of the Wisconsin G League NBA affiliate team talking about the team's loss when they were leading by 20 points. We have to be so much better at the end of games. We can't blow a 21 point lead with 12 minutes to go. However, bad and biased and uh, unfair and illegal and cheating the referees are, uh, we have to be better closing games. And so that's the way I feel. Now that's getting it said. Yeah, yeah, that's, exactly right. That's letting it all out. So did, that's the best press conference of the week. So that was this week. That was this week. I thought that was something from a few years ago. So he's just absolutely his team's lost by twenty points, and he's just he's cr- just absolutely cracked it. <laughs> cracked it. Has got suspended for two games for it. Okay, yeah. Well, I that doesn't surprise me. No, that's very good, James. I want to throw back. So we so we, we're trying to find because I you know as I said I liked it. I think a little politics is a bit more stale. Having a couple of blokes just going nuts at each other and having a good old fashioned stoush is good. I wanted to show one more absolute classic. Australian press conference. It does go for 44 seconds, but you do need to watch it all. If this is what I think it is, every second counts. Every second counts. Saul, roll the tape. Well, this is the mood in It is what I think it is. So if you're listening, don't worry, because the people watching, nothing's happening either. This is just Craig Emerson, awkwardly standing there waiting for the music to kick in. Still waiting. Labor trade minister Craig Emerson. Here he goes. Now he's dancing. Yeah, true. Get the moves out. <laughs> He's still dancing. How do they not rehearse this? Oh, there we go. Why I'll wipe out there on my TV. No, why I'll wipe out there on my TV. No, why I'll wipe out there on my TV. Shocking me right out of my brain. Shocking me right out of my brain. Well, I'm shocked out of my brain. Ah, uh, man. I could discuss that clip for three hours. So, and with your permission, I will. <laughs> <laughs> so, listeners, because a lot of you aren't that old, that was 2012. Uh, that, that happened. That happened. That was a minister in the government <laughs> just awkwardly staring at a journalist. Of the Commonwealth of Australia. Of the Commonwealth of Australia. Singing along to a old song from the 80s about oh, the fact that a the council didn't what, what was it? Like a, a uh, factory didn't shut down. It was something. Tony Abbott had said something. He said the carbon tax would wipe out Wyala, yeah. which is a town in South Australia. And, and instead of just saying it didn't, Craig Emerson got on his, got on his, uh, got on his thinking's chair yeah. and he thought, you know what? Let's we should through. We should talk to a journalist. I should sing. Yeah. Instead of, you know, I don't want to do it a cappella, so bring in a speaker system that will play yeah. the song. Don't start it from when the lyrics kick in. Give the whole 20-second musical intro. I'll just stand there and dance. It'll be fine. It'll play. Did you know on that, 
that apparently Evan Mulholland said the guy, the staff member started at the wrong time. He oh, was meant to start, so he, he was actually stuck there. Just I think he was too busy handing out his resume yeah. <laughs> on his phone. Well, he didn't have the courage to say, boss, this is not a good idea. Yes. Although uh, we're still talking about it 10 years later. So. Uh, I'll be talking about it. Like I'll be bouncing my grandchildren on my knee telling them about, look, sorry, he genuinely thought this was a good idea at the time. It mm. was crazy. No, it was different times back then, kids. Uh, yeah, better times. Bring them back. All right. Uh, that is All right, no. So we got one more. Bloomberg. Now, last week uh, we discussed that Pete was going for some – uh, a Bloomberg's internet clouts. Uh, he, Bloomberg yeah. was offering $150 to Jeez. Instagram influencers. It was a long time ago. It doesn't does. It? Sorry. It, Bloomberg was offering Instagram influencers 150 bucks to spread the good word of Mayor Bloomberg. Now, Pete, uh, did we get any money? Not yet. Did uh, you nude up on Instagram? I didn't nude up on Instagram. So whose fault is this? I'm sorry that I didn't come through and say what I said I was going to do. I'll put it on my list for this week. Good. All right. If you remain clothed on Instagram, I will spew. I will spew live on next week's show. <laughs> Don't say things you can't take back, James. I don't think I can actually spew. I'm so. pretty comfortable with <laughs> really, my body. I've really dug myself a hole here because I can't vomit. I have no problem with nudity. So you better find out a way to not vomit. Anyway, peter.j.gregor.7 if you want to check it out. All right. Let's do it. Let's do the story. Sorry. Uh, Mem Bloomberg. Now, it's come out that he is not only talking to Instagram influencers, he's also talking to comedy writers and a narcissism expert. I don't know what that is. I don't know how you're an expert in narcissism. Just a politician. Maybe. Yeah. Um, just, an, just his mate. Yeah. yeah, I'm an expert in narcissism after being your mate for 20 years. Now, uh, sorry, he wants to be relatable. He wants to be down with the kids. And here's some of the stuff he's come out with this week that uh, really isn't cutting it for me. Now, so we'll do the tweet first. Now, so his internet team decided they were going to get a hashtag trending after the Bernie Sanders praising Castro stuff comes out. And the idea being that uh, it was like, what does Bernie think about other dictators? Now, the one I want to highlight here, and it's a comedy goldmine piece. So I get you... <laughs> What is, pretty great. What was the old current line? Put on your chuckle. No, something. Uh, anyway, uh, Vladimir Putin is willing to poison anyone who disagrees with him. But have you seen how th- that guy looks without a shirt? Mmm, delish. Hashtag burning on despots. Now, if that's not relatable, if that's not cutting through, if that's not getting the kids on board, yeah. I'm out of ideas. No, nah, look, I liked it. And there's heaps more of them. Yeah. But all- the joke is Bernie is gay. That's a joke now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't even think of that aspect of it. Yeah, that's true as well. Yeah. Uh, but 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 there's heaps of them about other dictators. Yeah, that's like they're actually quite. That crazy. was just that was just my one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, what is going on here? But do you have any others you want to share with us? Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think this is funny, but like this is what he's written. Should None we, of them are funny. We, yeah, that's <laughs> None true. of them are funny. Should we really hold Muammar Al Gaddafi's extrajudicial killings of political opponents against him when he also built a pretty sweet countrywide irrigation system? Hashtag Bernie on despots. Anyway, the Guardian said, the Gu- yeah, exactly. Oof. That was my reaction. <laughs> the Guardian said, wow. uh, some users pointed out without verbal cues, it was difficult for most followers to discern that the latest hashtag was a joke, not actual quotes from Sanders. That's true, but not for the reason Guardian thinks. The Guardian <laughs> thinks people are stupid. Yeah. They're not stupid. It's just that Sanders does sort of say stuff. Like yeah, that exactly. Occasion. All right. So those were the tweets. We also had some billboards. Now, Trump was giving, like, so we just had the Nevada caucuses. Uh, the Dems are there. Trump is also there because it is also like the Republican primaries as well. He's mm. not running against anyone, but he is using it as a rally system. He is. He lost. He's lost one. He's eighty-six one in front. Oh really? Mm. Wow. As in one or of the one delegates. delegates yeah. right? I thought he lost an election. I'm like, how does that not use? <laughs> anyway, Should've sorry. We did the show. I reckon Trump is hands on to become the Republican I'd primary so. uh, candidate for the election. But sorry, uh, Trump is in Nevada. He's giving a speech at one point. He's, uh, and Bloomberg buys up a few ads between Trump's. Uh, hotel and his place that he's giving the speech at. Here's one of the ones. Here's one of the uh, billboards he's run with. Donald Trump eats burnt steak. 
I just Mike Bloomberg it. prefers likes his medium rare. Got him. Got him. <laughs> that is nailed it. And it's sort Tr- of tr- Trump will never come back from this. It's sort of sad. It's, it's like pretty sad. We can get votes by doing this stuff, and like no one knows what his policies are. Yeah, I mean, like they probably, they probably yeah, stop and stop. frisk and yeah. <laughs> NDAs. But it's like with Bernie, you know, Bernie's a Bernie socialist. soft drinks. His whole like, you know, Bernie's a socialist. His whole campaign is we're going to do these funny billboards. Yeah, exactly. Um, Donald Trump eats burnt steak. Yeah, which I don't actually get. What's I don't get it. I uh, because I reckon it was originally Donald Trump eats. Uh, well, Donald Trump eats well done, mm. which just sounds like you're praising him. <laughs> Like, just, well done, Donald Trump eats. Hey, good on you. But what's that got to do with anything? As if, like, that's just a really... Because you're in Las Vegas and, like, the culinary influences and, like, there's a lot of restaurant workers and it's, like, just shaming people correctly who have steaks well done. Okay, fair enough. The best kind of steak is still mooing. Is my... As rare as you could possibly get. Yeah. Any, any opinions you want uh, to offer on this one? Medium. Medium? I'm not a big steak of course, guy. Of course. <laughs> Don't say that. Just <laughs> middle ground paid over what here. Controversial, my controversial... Whatever just the least interesting one is... I don't have to, you know, make up for a bland personality with exotic, you know, food. I reckon you should. Can I give you something? My controversial view on steak is that I don't reckon it's that good. What about pork steaks? Pork steaks are good. Yeah. Anyway, All let's right. go. Uh, what a note to end the show on. Did you have any other billboards you want to do? Oh, it's just the one that said, and I'm just trying to find it here, which I can't quite find it. Oh, it's uh, Donald Trump cheats at golf. Oh, there it is. Oh, screen. yeah, true. Yeah, which is obviously true. Like everyone yeah. But also, like, what a way to appeal to the common working man. Yeah, yeah. the kids. <laughs> I, I don't cheat at golf. Yeah. Great. I'm not able to play because I'm not rich. Yeah, I've uh, never been to a golf course. Exactly. All right. Um, we got to get in on this campaign. It just seems like an absolute way to print money. This guy's just sending out millions and millions of dollars to copywriters, yeah. and this is all you have to do to get earn your paycheck. It's, a, it's an opportunity waiting to be exploited. We've got to get in on this. Let's anyway, that it. is it for the show this week. Thank you to Evan Mulholland, and thank you to Gideon Rosner. Uh, and thank you for listening out there. So if you want to get involved as your young person, and, you know, we've got O-Week is happening at the moment. A few O-Weeks still to come. A few O-Weeks have been. If you want to get involved with Generation Liberty, which is a program here at the IPA, then go to generationlibertyipa.org.au. Correct. And that's for young people. And that is for young people. And there's... Thank you, Pete. <laughs> for the youngs. <laughs> well done. And they've also got a Facebook page, Generation Liberty, and an Instagram page, Generation Liberty IPA. So make sure you're joining all those. Yep. And we got the membership for $25. Yep, exactly right. Very cool. All right. See you guys next week. See you. Thanks all. Bye.